What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Wayfinder Podcast, a pseudoscientific, quasi-philosophical, non-expert discussion platform where we talk about uh, spirituality, science, the metaphysical, religion, mythology, and pretty much anything we can get our hands on that we think is interesting or informative or uplifting or insightful or that helps us to find balance in our lives. Uh, all toward the objective of helping everyone find balance in their lives so we can make a more balanced world and do it in an entertaining way. Today we've got a really special treat for you. Um, this is the first part of a four-part series, so I'll take just a second to kind of line that out for you. We, we brought in EJ from Freedom Faction. Uh, Freedom Faction is a social media-based uh, alternative news outlet, and although that's, you wouldn't think of news as being part of our normal, our normal fare here on the show, uh, under the surface, EJ is actually a big fan of the occult and of the esoteric, of the hidden mysteries of the world, and of spirituality, metaphysics, all that stuff. And uh, the reason why this is so special, uh, besides the fact that EJ is an awesome guy and we had uh, a tremendous couple of days with him uh, here in the studio and outside of the studio, is that he actually brought in a bunch of government documents that talk about a lot of, of funky, spooky uh, esoteric and occult, spiritual, metaphysical type of stuff. Uh, I'll I won't I'll leave it at that. I'll let you guys get into the episodes to kind of see what I mean by that. But um, he brought a lot to the table uh, for this discussion, and it just it really turned out to be an awesome couple of days. You guys are gonna love it. We go really really deep in this first episode. We talk about everything from God, good and evil, being thankful to the divine, trying to understand what the divine is. Talk about uh, the influence that religions have had on, on our lives and on the lives of lots of people. Talk about all kinds of metaphysics. Um, Thoth, the Atlantean, and the Emerald Tablets. The Corpus Hermeticum, the Alchemist. We talk about having mystical experiences and having a community of people that you can share those experiences with and the benefits and virtues that that brings to your life, and a lot more. First episode's a great introduction into uh, what we eventually get into, episode two, psychedelics, some of the best conversation on psychedelics I think is available anywhere, um, and then we get into uh, magic and the occult, um, and some really crazy, crazy stuff. We're talking about government studies, um, basically secret science that the government has been doing uh, under different agencies and aliases for the better part of, you know, half a century or, or more. Really cool, really crazy stuff. So this is part one, uh, and I, I would recommend that you, obviously you need to check out all four parts, but do it sequentially because we, we lay the groundwork, and it, it'll, it'll make sense if you do it sequentially, but I can promise you that if you do it, you're going to love it. It's some of the best listening um, that I've heard in a very long time. I'm really, really happy with the way that this turned out for you guys. Uh, we had no idea. We had no idea how much time we'd be able to fill talking, how much conversation we could have, how much common ground we would, we would really even have. But this ended up being some of the most synergistic and just badass conversation, I think, that I've ever had in my life. So it was a lot of fun to do. And um, we're so thankful to EJ and Freedom Faction and On The Wake Up Radio, all of his production team and everybody for, uh, for promoting this and for, for helping put this together in, in different ways. So uh, I think that's probably it. Without further ado... Um, Here's EJ from Freedom Faction on the Wayfinder Podcast. 
and we're live. Live with EJ from Freedom Faction. Hey, welcome, What's up, welcome. Dude? What's going on? Thank you for having me, Adam JC, in the house on the Wayfinder side. Welcome to the Wayfinder podcast. It's good to have you guys here. It's a beautiful. What day is it? It's Wednesday. Wednesday. I knew that. Hump day. And it is a I beautiful day. Beautiful hump day. It rained like fucking crazy today, and uh, then it got beautiful. EJ flew in from Albuquerque. Yeah, it's because. I brought the beauty. You, you brought bring, the beauty. You did about the I time did. you were arriving here. I was like, man, this is yeah. not the way we want you to be introduced to no. where we're at. And then the <laughs> He's from is- New Mexico. He's never seen rain. He can't handle this. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't you know, us desert rats, we, we don't know what to do whenever there's rain. We just kind of freak out. Yeah. There's storms. and so I know, kinda but it dried up. Royals. You landed it dried up and we're good. I try. I try. We're going to have such a... Such an awesome conversation today. I'm excited. Um, we, we've been having Instagram live problems. So if you're hearing this right now, you will be hearing it in retrospect in a recording. And uh, we're going to kick on the Instagram live here in just a minute. So we'll have some questions from the followers from Freedom Faction side and then from the Shamanic Philosophy side too. But let me tell you about the fucking stack of documents this cat brought into the studio. <laughs> because we got a whole library of kick-ass information on... God, everything. I'm not even going to dig into it right now because we're going to get into it. But we got unclassified documents. Um, This is, yeah. It's about Karelian photography and stories of how they're able to document psychokinetic uh, abilities in Russia and Japan since the 60s. That is uh, super awesome. I can't wait to tell people about that and to learn about that because I don't really know much about it. I didn't know anything about what that was. Project Real Flame Project. Earlier today. Project Cinder Lane. Also, sub, they're, they're, they're sub-projects of Star, Project Stargate. Yeah. Where basically, you had the CIA uh, in like the 60s. Yeah. Uh, offshoot of Project MKUltra investigating like that, the, the psychopotentiality of uh, humanity, how their thoughts can affect reality. There you go. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to talk about all kinds of cool we'll shit. Go deep. Yeah. We're deep. Going super deep into this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I told you I don't watch a lot of news. Try not to. So it's poison. It's it's it can be yeah it can be a lot man. It's kind of overwhelming. So you know the Freedom Faction Instagram page has become kind of like my news source. You know, which is one of the really cool things about having you here. It's like I told you that I did an experiment with my kids after Trump got elected, mm-hmm. and I was like, hey, we're gonna turn on CNN for a few days like nothing but CNN, and then we're going to turn on nothing but Fox News for a few days. And we're just going to alternate for a couple weeks. And like my eight-year-old and my or my six-year-old at the time and like my 10-year-old were like, dang, it's obviously a bunch of nonsense. Obviously polarized. Yeah, it's just, yeah, these people are just, it's like some, they can't all be right. Mm-hmm. So somebody's making a lot of shit up. It doesn't make sense. And so we did that experiment for like two or three weeks, and uh, I was like, man, I'm not doing this anymore. This is seems frustrating. It's very frustrating. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to do it, and, and, and paying attention to it that way, especially, you know, the specific contrast between just, like, flipping one on for three or four days and then the other and just seeing the absurdity of the whole thing and then being confronted by that absurdity again with my kids when, my, like, my six-year-old's like, Dad, this doesn't make any fucking sense. But you're looking for lies, and that never makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not good. So we just canceled our TV service. Hey. So we haven't had TV service. You know, we have Netflix, like Vudu. And HBO for Game of Thrones. Yeah, of <laughs> so, course. Well, so that I can watch Game of Thrones every day. Some content hey, is fine, that. but there are people that uh, you know. Unfortunately, in my family, I have uh, 
one side of my family is, let's say, a Fox News side of the family, yep. and the other side is an MSNBC Isn't side of awesome? the family. And the conversations you have, you can you can feel it and you can see it. You go, oh, you're watching way too much Fox News because <laughs> your facts <laughs> are one-sided as all get out. Have you ever thought – I got to the point where I stopped contradicting in conversations, you know, that don't talk about religion and politics and yeah. family functions is a, is a good thing, but – you you get to where you just stop. You go, oh no, you just you you're you're addicted to Fox News, yeah. and that's your main source of information. So your main point of view is uh, so skewed by the media. Yeah, and, and that's I guess you know one of the one of the things I try to just take into consideration when putting out like any kind of content. I try not to use like mainstream media sources. Like we have we have C obviously we have CNN, Reuters, Telegraph. Uh, Russia Today, Russia Today, my favorite, we Al Jazeera. Have, we have them all. I see them every day. I see what they're posting. That doesn't mean I have to post it. Mm-hmm. I look at it. I'm like, oh, wow, that's an interesting perspective you guys have over there. And then I look at like all the other alternative media platforms, and I'm just like. What are some of your favorite places to get news? Because um, you're my favorite place to get news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Your, your Newswire, yournewswire.com is just like they – they 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 purposely I feel like they do this on purpose they purposely create like titles and headlines that are just like to the point to where it's like Trump is invading Afghanistan for the for the oil no like oh we're thinking about pulling the troops out for blah blah no Trump's staying in Afghanistan because of the oil they need some freedom they need some freedom bring them the freedom and you read the article and they just <laughs> have it like on point yeah I'm like yes. just just right down the middle right down just facts is fact, what fact, it fact, is fact, fact fact that's why like the Free Thought Project like. I love those guys, by the way. Oh, so, so real quick for anybody who doesn't know, um, since we just kind of dove into this thing head first. But so, Freedom Faction is a is a page on Instagram. Do you guys do Facebook or is it primarily Instagram? We do Fedbook. <laughs> you got the Fedbook. <laughs> we do Fedbook. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So 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 that they're they're on um they're on Fedbook and on Instagram. But Freedom Faction is just a phenomenal alternative news outlet that I've been following for a while, and EJ runs that over there, and these guys just kill it, man. It's just good information. It's nonpartisan, uh, or maybe anti-partisan is a better way to put it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just getting through the bullshit and shooting people right down the middle. Um, and also stepping out of um, of the paradigm and touching on some things, 5G and vaccinations and other stuff that are, I think, really important. Yeah. Uh, and then personally, another really cool thing about having EJ here is there's a whole lot of other really cool shit that may not be uh, on your daily feed. Right, it may not be as as relevant to the daily feed, the daily news that some people are interested in, mm-hmm. but it's super exciting and super interesting stuff. Yeah. All of the the declassified documents, um, alien technology, and and uh, psychokinetic studies, and all kinds of crazy shit. So we're gonna get into all that spirituality, God, flat Earth. Yep. Um, I'm crazy. Everything. Yeah. If you, if we uh if we have some mutual listeners. Between our, I, I know yeah, we, we got to have some mutual oh, listeners I know between we do. us. I think. I know we do, bro. Uh, for the non-mutual listeners, for the Shamanic Philosophy uh, podcast, Wayfinder podcast uh, listeners, I'm crazy, and yeah. I have no problem admitting it uh, because would I want to be sane in an insane world? No. There you go. And no. That's it. Uh, you know, I, uh, I, 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 I hate. I hate. I look at all the information. I look at the news and stuff that's going out there every single day. Uh, I feel like sometimes I can see like the earth changing the shift, yeah. the rotation, right? In people's mindsets, perceptions, how uh, the, the Hegelian dialectic that the mainstream media is pushing and all kinds of other stuff out, out there like that. I specifically 
wanted to create a platform for people like ourselves, independent researchers, people who could just start up a page, who couldn't get on coast to coast or something like that, or who couldn't reach out to Alex Jones or who who couldn't do all these things. I wanted to create like a platform for us to talk about this type of stuff so yep. we could have our own network um, for, for, for new listeners. Which you've done. And everywhere I turn, I see, I see your shit everywhere. I freak out. It's all over the place. I freak out. You see your stuff in a lot of places? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. You know what I mean? Chris it, Brown reposted one of my shits one time. <laughs> he follows, bro. Chris Brown follows. Yeah, dude. So he, does Jaden Smith, walk, like, Walk a Flock of Flame, Sugar Rashad Evans. We really? Have, uh, there's another, uh, not Steph Curry. There's another celebrity uh, that went out and talked about Flat Earth, and I don't believe in Flat Earth. Yeah, just to be clear, I don't think anyone's a Flat Earther at this table. No. But, well, I don't, but you know. But but they follow me because yeah. of the content we put sure. out. Sure. And so it, I, I could sit up over here and be like, oh, look at all the celebrities. It's not about that. It's the fact that these celebrities, Kevin Slater, yeah. even e Kelly Slater, surfer from like the 2000s. We all love that guy. He follows. That means that these people in these higher positions of life, they have no idea what's going on. They're you know, just as disconnected. Do you know who I started talking to that was super exciting to me? What's a guy that? named Mike Metzger. Mike Metzger was a professional freestyle motocross guy back when I was like into motocross when I was younger. He was a hero of mine, bro. This nice. was this was like a crazy moment for me because this dude was a hero. I watched all of his movies, all of the crazy shit. He was the first dude to like land a backflip on a motorcycle. Nice. And he was like my hero. And then all of a sudden, I saw him liking my shit a few months ago. Like he like spam liked all my shit. Heart drop. Heart drop. Freak out. Messaged him. Was like, oh my god, you know, total fangirl all, all over this guy. Yep. And then he responds, <gasps> and he's like. Your shit's really cool. I, I like I like you know the fact that you're trying to bring awareness about a lot of this shit to people and getting people to think outside of the usual box and breaking people out of their zombie state. So Mike Metzger is not only this, like the most legendary motocross rider of all time, but he's like fucking really cool and humble enough to talk to a dipshit like me. And then I had a conversation with him, and he continued to respond. It turns out he's a really cool person, and you start realizing that like there are celebrities and people mm -hmm. in these places that are taking an interest in this stuff mm -hmm. in in uh in the truth in the truth in the whole truth movement it, it's it's attracting more more people yes. in different levels of society and it's not just us crazy fringy weirdo conspiracy theorists yes. it's like there's a lot of people that are really trying to get involved in this and, yep. and reposting uplifting things and the narrative is changing about the conversations that y'all are having it is no longer a crazy thing to discuss this stuff yeah. now it's it's peaking interest in not just a select few groups of people in yes. walks of life. It is the common person walking around is going, this just seems weird. There's got to be something better out there. And you guys are providing knowledge and, and understanding an entryway into a different way of thinking about everything. I mean, literally all things. You guys cover so many different things. You're on an opposite spectrum, but in the same way of just it's, it's um, opening people's eyes, opening their third eyes, opening their just day-to-day uh, let me ask you, since you communicate with hundreds of thousands on your page and people that are coming for this, how long ago did you start this up? Um, geez, what are we? We're in like 2019 right now. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I was telling Adam the last time I was in Texas, not the last time, I left Texas, I think in like 2012, 2013, and I basically, basically came to New Mexico uh, at 2012, 2013 started doing this and didn't look back i think i did like a year or two of music whenever <laughs> uh whenever i first came back like getting involved in hip-hop and edm and stuff like that but 
I had like a revelation doing that kind of work to where it's like, because I have a song still out there. One of the one of the one of the verses is I don't want the I don't want the gold I don't want the clothes I want the scrolls to open up your soul, and so I realized that music and media, speech could be a, an effective medium to delivering and opening up information. And how long ago was that? That had to have at least been like maybe five six years ago. So you've been doing the Freedom Faction thing for five or six years. I was do I've been doing Freedom Faction uh, for four years. Um, on Instagram. On Instagram, yeah, for four years. I started the page, but I think back in 2012, I haven't changed the name since. But I did all of this type of work underneath a, a new moniker. Before under, that. Before that, underneath yeah. a different moniker, the Vanguard of Renaissance, what I was telling you yep. uh, whenever we were out earlier. And so it was the same thing, is, is, is trying to talk about all this stuff, but not having the proper vernacular, the information, the knowledge, experience, none of it. Just saying, hey, look, we need to talk about X, Y, and Z, not Kim Kardashian. Like, there's stuff going on. We're changing. Something's happening here. Yeah, something's happening <laughs> internally too. Because I, I think this was like one of the major things for me. It's like 2012 happened, right? And I'll be real with you. I was lit, man. I was doing some crazy stuff. I was basically out there having my own like little rave show all the time, making too much money doing dumb stuff. Just I like raves. Yeah, me too. That's why I don't. That's, that's why. That's why I had to consciously go do something different. <laughs> But Fair we enough. thought we thought the world was ending, right? The world yeah. didn't end. It's a different age, a different time. Yeah, yeah. And here's new cycle, are. new cycle. And that's 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 what I find myself like slowly coming to like grips with is just like that choice you made back then. You didn't you didn't think it made a huge difference, did you? You committed to this choice, and that's the change. Like I was telling you before, the only thing that's changed because the Earth has been here, the only thing that's changed is you. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's all, and that's all that's changed over the years of doing this. Uh, is the fact that we've evolved from a simple, from a simple, from a simple page sharing rehashed old memes, to creating content, to networking with people like the like the anti media, the Free Thought Project, the Minds Unleashed, the Activist Post, you name it, to building what we're trying to build. Like, it's it's crazy because that was not the the initial intention. The initial intention was to talk about the information to try to help raise awareness about a wide variety of issues. Now it's just something else. Entirely. Yeah, these networks are forming around this information. Yes, and around the dissemination of it. Yes, uh, the, you, you brought up the the Free Thought Project. Those guys uh, are a massive, awesome outlet for oh yeah um, for information and for ideas. And I really like the way that they they share them, the way they put their their posts together, and the way that they it's clean, it's you know it's slick. You see them it's everywhere. Professional. It's professional and. Uh, and again, they're super anti-partisan. Yeah, you know, I think I reposted one of their things earlier. It was just like, you know, I had Republicans to... are stupid, Democrats are stupid. <laughs> Stop doing it. I think if you're coming from a place of truth, you have to speak the truth from a place that there is no one right side or the other. There is, it's just, it's there's bad everywhere. There's good everywhere. It's yep. spread. It's mixed. It's convoluted. And if you're actually trying to make a difference and bring truth to people, you can't come from an angle. Yeah. Because now you're closing yours. You're putting blinders on. Yep. Yeah. So when you find people like that, that are open and willing to admit and have such a broad spectrum, that's how, you, at least for me, I'm looking for authenticity and I find it in pages like that that aren't one sided on any subject. They're willing to at least, I don't know, entertain yeah. both sides. Even, even, let's go, you know, flat earth. Yeah, right. There's people that can entertain the argument for. Well, who was it? Socrates or Plato or one of those? So you can entertain an idea. Uh, the, the sign of true intelligence yeah. to be able to entertain an idea without 
withholding it as fact. Yeah, essentially that's it. Without accepting it or something, but but yes, yeah. just whatever it was. And that's that's kind of how, how I choose to look at a lot. Well, of you things. just did. We don't have to go down this rabbit hole right now. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't care what rabbit hole it is. Let's do it. Ah, uh, you just uh, hosted a flat Earth debate between a couple of uh, the big pages on Instagram. I which... didn't host it, but I had the po- I had the post debate wrap up. Oh, okay, that's but, what you did. Okay, yeah. So I want to host one for the future. Why the fuck would you do that to yourself? Uh, because of gluttony for punishment. <laughs> <laughs> don't you know I'm a sadist? God, no I like, kidding. I like the pain. You must. Was <laughs> is for what he said right there. Yeah, and what you just said as well, confirming it. We have to look at this stuff. Yeah, and yes, I know. Trust me, I know. I know, but we have to. And so what I've what I've allowed for this or what I've chosen to do with this is use it as a vehicle or medium to talk about other things, things such as density, light, multiple dimensions, planar existences. Sure. That's my shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's my shit. That's where I like to go. Sure. We could talk about the shape of the earth. But what the what does it mean? Do you um, have you read any Walter Russell? I have not. I was looking around to see if I had a book over here. He wrote a book called The Universal One. Okay. And he was a he was a contemporary of Tesla's and he sent his and What was that one one more time? It's Walter Russell and the book's called The Universal One. And uh they called him when he was, you know, like I said he was a, con- a contemporary of Tesla's and they called him Manhattan's Da Vinci. Okay. And he was a polymath. And he uh, was an artist and a poet and a musician, a composer and a mathematician and a scientist. And he was a fucking genius. And he was amazing. And if you go to philosophy.org, mm-hmm. that's his website. That's his, like, that's their uh, Walter Russell Foundation okay. website, philosophy.org. And uh, the dude had a better, as far as I'm concerned, from my, from my viewpoint, that dude had a better grip on the nature of god the universe consciousness light vibration and the cosmos than any other human being in human history we like should, we should stay on this yeah we should stay on this for yeah a totally because what you know what he wrote about in in the universal one is is just all these different you know ways of looking at the principle of duality of light and dark and positive and negative and he broke uh he broke all the different um he broke vibration down into musical harmonics musical scales i think i might i th- Continue. You, do, I, I think I might have there, seen some. There's an Instagram account called Light is Consciousness, mm-hmm. and 98% of what they post is Walter Russell stuff. I think and I, I don't know if they're affiliated with the Walter Russell Foundation, um, but Light is Consciousness is the name of that account, and it they are like incredible. One, it shows like a diagram of like a head, and then it shows like the different frequencies and like the different parts of the brain that like react to different parts of the frequencies. Probably so. I think I might Yeah. Have. They do a lot of stuff. His big thing is... And it, it, Hit that book, The Universal One, is the most elegant and beautiful and life-changing examination of God, the universe, consciousness, and vibration that is, was ever written. I've never read anything like it. I can only read about a page at a time, and I go into a, a, a sort of a trance. It's, it's, it, it knocks me out. It's like taking, taking a sleeping pill. It's, I, so much. it's so much, and it's so deep, and it's so true. It just hits you on that deep level, and you read it. It's fucking heavy, man. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh my god, and it's well, it makes so much sense, you know. And it's it's just these are deep shit. So he, uh, Walter Russell, sent Nikola Tesla a copy of that book 
and Tesla said, lock this up for a thousand years. Huh. The universe, the, the human race is not ready for this. And I've got an autographed copy of one of his books. Okay. And I got one from his one of his, from one autographed by his wife that I hunted them down on eBay, and they were cheaper. The autographed copies were cheaper. Uh, th- these were like two of his other books, not not the Universal one. I think I paid like sixty bucks and like eighty bucks for those two autographed copies because nobody knows who the fuck they are. Of course. And then, but to buy the Universal one, I think I had to spend like one hundred and fifty bucks to get the book because it's not in print. So I bought like a forty-year-old book, Damn. but it's like brand new. It was like still had, you know, the pages are still like stuck together, but it hadn't been opened in forty years. So it's like, Damn. it's one of those things where. If you're listening to this right now, you're like holding on to history, basically. Yeah, yeah. If, if if you're listening to this right now, go buy a copy of that book. And I have a lot of a lot of the people on that follow our page that hit me up, and they were like, "Hey, what's the name of that book?" They're you know, and they went out and bought one. Like people are like, "Dude, it's worth the money. Go spend it. It's the best book I've ever read." If I if I got stuck on a desert island for the rest of my life and had one book to take with me, that would be the book. That would really yeah. be the manual. Yeah, you need to do it. And it's that deep. It's it's the deepest book I've ever read, and I've read the Corpus from well, it's. It's as deep as the Corpus Hermeticum, but it's it's easier to read because it was written in the last hundred and fifty years instead of two thousand years ago. But yeah, what it's I like, super deep. What I what I what I like and appreciate about your quality of work is uh, audio listeners can't see this clearly because you're listening, but there's two encyclopedias, two encyclopedias here: of Freemasonry, right? And you know these are just the books that he just wants you to see, meaning that he has like more books at home, and where I get my information is, is from like this overwhelming amount of research and shit that I do. I like that you have like books and stuff that you can reference to people that talk about this, that like consecrate the information and put it like into, put it into a book where it can be like digested. I feel like I don't have that, that, uh, that level of reference besides like documents. (laughs) Dude, but you know, I, I can't get, you know, declassified fucking documents in book form. You know what I mean? I um printer ink. <laughs> I need I need printer ink and ammo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how Freedom Faction runs. Printer Freedom Faction runs on pure printer ink and ammo. That's fucking American. Um I so number 1 I love books. I love to collect them. Um number 2 mm-hmm. I have wicked ADD. So I can't sit down and read a book cover to cover the way that, you know, you guys or a lot of people probably can. So, like, I just bought a stack of um, 60 Van Gogh bookmarks nice. on Amazon. Like, 10 bucks. Nice. You know what I mean? So, I think, JC, you were over at the house. Mm-hmm. I think I gave you. I have a few. Gave you a few. Like, you pick a few. Gave my buddy Josh a couple. So, if you come over, I'm going to give you a couple bookmarks as a keepsake. I want one. You, oh, dude. Yeah, you're going to come over. We're going to do it. So, one. but what, what you will find is books laying all over my fucking house nice. with bookmarks stuck in them. Because that's how I read. It's like I've flipped you, through. You read thoughts. Yeah. I just go through and I'm just like flip through, find something, read a chapter, stick a bookmark in it, <laughs> leave it on the nightstand, and then two weeks later I'll pick it back up. But in that time I've hit 10 or 15, 20 other books on all kinds of shit. You know? And different perspectives are being brought when yeah, yeah, you're yeah. reading it too. Totally. A whole new perspective. Yeah, and some of these books, you know, like Corpus Hermeticum is a 2,000-year-old book. Universal One is a 100-year-old book. You get, you know, you get to see how people, people's minds, the, the minds of the writers have evolved over time. Well, you're not supposed to pick up, like, let's say, just take the Bible, the Holy Bible. You're not supposed to pick that up and read it page one to, to finish. It you know, certainly wasn't written that it's way. It's not nope. made nope. in a lot of these books that are steeped in knowledge, that are heavy. They're not meant, they're not page turners in the sense that they're not 
bad. It books. ain't Harry Potter. They're not but Twilight. Yeah, yeah. You're not. You're not. <laughs> it's not Harry Potter. It is not a fiction where you're just like, ooh, what happens next? What happens next? No, oh. you have to process what you have I think to take might, a bit of information and process. You it. get a fucking tumor on your frontal lobe trying to do that with Walter Russell. Good. <laughs> take some. Take some months trying to digest that. Yeah. You know, I think that I think a part of you know what we were talking about right there, the fact that they're dumbing down information that it's supposed to be. Rapid consumption, man. That's shows, a good point. Shows the depreciation of it. Mm-hmm. You see, like what is, if we could explain, like what the Corpus Hermetica is. So the Corpus Hermeticum is is um, supposedly, and this story is debated by some people, but I, I believe it's true because I know enough about the history of the Renaissance to and, and the Medici family and the dynasty to, to to feel like this makes a lot of sense to me. Is the Corpus Hermeticum was a book that was written. Um, around the time of Christ, um, probably compiled at the Library of Alexandria in Egypt around that time, probably compiled by a handful or a couple of Greek philosophers or, or remnants of Greek philosophers during Roman times, could date a couple hundred years earlier. Some people think a couple hundred years later. But it's almost certain to me that this is, this is Gnostic information that came from the Library of Alexandria. And... Um, this information was was pretty well hidden or lost, I guess, probably from the time of Alexandria's library being burned um, until the Renaissance. A lot of people say, and I think rightfully so, that the entire Renaissance happened because of this book's rediscovery. So the Medici family, a lot of people know that Leonardo da Vinci was working for the Medici family. They were the rich banking family in Italy and Florence at the time of the Renaissance. And they were avid collectors of art, history, and antiquities. And da Vinci was their dude. And they they bought most of his artwork, and they told him to make certain artwork, and they hooked him up with other people who wanted commissioned artworks done. And uh, so the Medicis were big into this. And then they had they had translators that... Um, sorry, I had to burp. I didn't want to do it in the microphone. It happens. For all it's the all listeners good. out there. We do... You know, we've talked about this every time. Drinking beer on a podcast results in it's because you're getting that out yeah just getting rid of it um so the medicis had translators that worked for them and they had a translator working on a plato translation and they were translating the works of the great plato Mm -hmm. right we would think of like that guy is the the guy it's plato you know what i mean there is no philosopher above him and this is true you know what i mean but they received a shipment of scrolls from the Arabian Peninsula. And amongst these was the Corpus Hermeticum, which <clears throat> if you if you know how the um you know the the root of Hermeticum Hermes, which is uh the you know the, the, the Greek messenger of the god Mercury, uh in in Roman in the in, in the Roman culture was Hermes of the Greeks, was Thoth of the Egyptians. Okay. So think God of wisdom, God of all-knowing. This is his writing, okay. right? This guy right here. Yep, yep, here. We've got, a, got a Thoth statue right there. That's, that's my dude. So the Corpus Hermeticum, as I see it, is probably ancient knowledge passed down from Egypt um, that all of the priests and philosophers of Egypt and then the Greeks and then the, and then the Romans all sort of adapted this and molded it and refined it, and uh, eventually it washed up at the uh, in the 15, early 1500s, late 1400s. Um, and the Medici family told their translators, "Hey, put that Plato shit down." <laughs> <laughs> I 
translate. This, this is that new shit. This is that new shit. It's that <laughs> this, fire. This, this is where we're going. Yeah, this is the future. Plato's the past. This is the future. Okay. They translated the Corpus Hermeticum, and Europe explodes into the greatest renaissance of, in human history. It sounds wow. a little bit like the Emerald Tablets. The story of the Emerald Tablets is is actually the story of the Corpus Hermeticum. Okay. That's the, the Corpus Hermeticum exists today, and we can read it. Right. You know, I think I've got an extra copy at the house for you. You can have. Okay. And um, you know, usually the really good books, I usually try to keep a couple of them around. Smart man. Um, <laughs> like JC's got 10 copies of The Alchemist, I think. He's still <laughs> handing out to everybody like fucking Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> I'll take one. <laughs> um, I this think is, This is how it should be. You should be sharing knowledge with your friends. Yeah. Not STDs. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yes. So true. Yes. Make knowledge contractable. Yeah. <laughs> make knowledge contractable again. Uh, what the fuck was I saying? So the, yeah, the story of the Emerald Tablets, um, I've read that, and, and um, the Emerald Tablets were, were written by, by Doriel in, in, in 1929 or in, in the 20s. Um, the information, I do believe in the Emerald Tablets. I know this is kind of off the subject of the Corpus Hermeticum, but because you brought it up. I do think that those were legitimately channeled works. Okay. Like, I do think that those were legitimately channeled from tapping into um, that deity, you know, to the Thoth, the Atlantean mm-hmm. deity. You know, if you understand how channeling works, it's not demonic, it's not satanic, it's not, it's, it's not that simple. But it's it's uh, it's all it's very complicated actually. But I do think that those works were authentic as far as being channeled works. But the Corpus Hermeticum is just a work of some dude. It's just we don't know who, but um, it's uh, I think compiled knowledge, you know, from ancient Egypt through Greece to Rome. And then somebody, uh, one of the Gnostic types around the time of Jesus, wrote this as a dialogue, which I didn't really understand that until I read it, um, why you would write something as a dialogue, and like why Plato wrote the Critias and the Timaeus, and why dialogues seemed to be the way that the ancient philosophers liked to write. And it's really simple. EJ, you and I were talking about this earlier. Ages. Cycles. Simpler. We were talking about how it's hard to do a monologue. It's easy to answer questions when someone else is asking you questions. This is true. So in the in the book, it's the way it's presented. It's the way it's presented. So in the book, okay. Okay. the guy writes a dialogue. So it's the story. It's between Hermes and a student. He's writing this uh, thing between Hermes and a student, and the student says, "Master, how come, you know?" Or, or how does God work, and how does how did mm-hmm. God create the universe? And he's like, well, here's how. Da, 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 da. And he's like, okay, well, how am I to understand the way that this works, or whatever? Well, here's how. Da, 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 da. And this is in the Corpus Hermeticum. It's in the Corpus Hermeticum. Okay. So it's supposedly an interview between Hermes and a student. Wow. And it's just absolutely... My girlfriend and I spent some time... It took both of us to read it. And we... we uh, we would read one paragraph, like I'd read it, mm-hmm. and then like we were just sitting in the kitchen chilling, cooking or whatever, and I would read this paragraph, and we would stop and analyze it, yep. and then we'd have to like read it over again and over again. It's the densest book I've ever read, and there were, there were times we would just throw our hands up, and we're like, this what is, is this? fucking insane. <laughs> this is just insane shit that no one should be able, no one could come up with this. It's just too deep. It's too insane, and, and it was the found, it was, that's the, the founding document of Hermeticism, you know, which is which is the understanding of du- of the duality principles of, 
you know, as above, so below, as within, so without. All that comes from the Corpus Hermeticum. Major and minor arcana. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But Very deep shit, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not smart enough to read it by myself. It took me and Ashley both. Hey, man. I, I, I hear you on that. It, Get it Dr. takes Seuss a village. It takes a village. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in that format, that makes sense that... Doesn't it? It's a little bit more retainable than, here's a proclamation, now dissect it and figure out what I was talking about versus... Master, what is this? And you go, oh, what is that? Oh, yes. I wanna, and then now I'm going to, yep. now I'm, I have uh, an idea to focus around as I'm reading this part of it. You've laid out a thesis statement, yeah. and now I know what I'm reading about versus reading about something and go, wait, what were they Such trying to say? Such a better way to write. It? Yeah, it, it does seem a lot more friendly, especially to somebody like me, a novice, um, into reading in these esoteric uh, uh, pieces of literature they're intimidating oh you know you know where do, where do i start Ooh, yeah. you know or, or am i even if it gonna fly right over my Shit head is deep quick yeah, yeah. yeah. and I so was, you get intimidated and you don't even try sometimes and, and as ah, a as a writer you know and i've struggled with this as a writer because it's like sometimes i'm going oh, who the fuck am i talking to when i'm writing like you know because telling you a story is different than telling you know my telling ej a story telling uh telling my kid a story is different mm-hmm. than telling my mom a story and so so you're writing a book, especially like you say, with some of this esoteric knowledge. Like it's it's not it's not all that straightforward to begin with. No, yep. you know it's not easy for anybody to really get. It's not easy to really explain to anybody. So if I can at least refine it down to a dialogue between me and if it's my kid asking me questions, I can go, okay, buddy. Here's here, here here's a way that a 13 year old can understand it. Mm-hmm. So when you, as a writer, if you can create that teacher student dialogue in your mind and lay it out in paper, I think it is. It's a brilliant way to to, to engage, you know, to to to, to, to express to explain, you know, your ideas versus mm-hmm. the big monologue sort of way that we tend to do things nowadays. And I've put a lot of thought into doing my own writings that way, you know, because of that. So that, yeah, got to check out that Corpus Hermeticum. That's how uh, C.S. Lewis, the author of mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Narnia and stuff, yeah, Tolkien's Narnia. buddy. Yeah, that's how he wrote. Um, what was it? Screw tape letters. Not surprised. Whereas two demons trying to figure out how they're gonna uh, uh, win a, win a, win souls for Satan. Yeah, they have hmm. like a whole discussion about like how 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 to basically entrap somebody so you can win their soul for the devil. Yeah, and this is the author of uh, uh, Alice in Wonderland, Narnia, who's writing this, saying, "Hey, if if there were demons, this is how they would talk about moving you away from salvation." And so he gets to jokes. outline the whole process. Mm-hmm. It's a brilliant way of working it. Through mm-hmm. low-level demons, through higher-level demons, through sophisticated people, and even religious people as well. But it's because of the way that they're able to use the demons as the medium to deliver that information. Because we don't, th- we, you're not going to think. Uh, you, right now, we're thinking like in our current mindset, like our current mental paradigm, where we've already built it. Reading it in that kind of fashion, interpreting information in that fashion. M- removes you from yourself and puts you essentially in that student position where yeah. you're being forced to right. learn. We've had this conversation about uh, many different media facets. Uh, me, I'm a big movie guy, so I always I always go to movies and stuff. But I find that the more I look back, the more knowledge I gain yes. on on um, not just esotericism, but, but, but truth in the way that the universe works and actually how things... I go back and I see things, and I now, even seeing, seeing things for the first time, it seems like truth is embedded they, they, that's that's the way right yes. now. That's the main way, and you just don't have too many people having conversations just about it on on the nose. Yeah, you know, you find it snuck in or or brought to you in a way that it's misdirection in a sense, and it's for a good purpose. But that just seems to be the way that people can talk about things that you know. If you just said, "Hey, I'd really like to talk about this subject," a lot of people go, "Oh, I don't want to talk about that." 
but you tell it into a story, you weave it into a yep. narrative. Somebody, to, totally to your point, I just read like yesterday, somebody said something about, we, it was a, some old poet or philosopher, somebody said, we have, we have drama so that we don't die from the truth. Or huh. we create drama hmm. or, or theater or whatever so we don't die from truth. And I don't know, that resonated with me, and it's just because truth can be difficult to swallow in direct discussion, yeah. it can be difficult to face, can be terrifying, but when you hand it to people in, in a movie or a book, it's like, oh, okay, I'm, it's at a safe distance, Yes, that kind of thing, you know, but it, but the, somehow the lessons, we talked about the lessons still embed at some level, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the artist who re recognizes that truth gets to express that truth, because as an artist with something to express, that's what you do. You feel compelled to express that exactly. truth. And there's always going to be a, a space where people want to absorb that. I yep. want you to check out a movie. You'll probably like it. Hmm. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. It's Irrefutable Proof. Irrefutable Proof? Irrefutable Proof. I will check that out. And and basically, it's this... It, I'm not casting any judgment. Uh, not saying anything either. It's this chick. She basically... Her whole stance is trying to prove that God doesn't exist. That's, okay. her, that's her whole thing. She writes his thesis, writes formula, proves it, finds uh, uh, apparently other researchers that worked with Einstein back in the day, and Einstein knew this as well, that there was no God, and he had the formula and all the information, but he didn't deliver it to no, the public. No God of any sort, no higher power, nothing. no beyond, no we're nothing, just nothing. we are just a we're random just act that happened and we ended we're, up in this We're place. just here, that's okay. it. That's, yeah. that's what they're Einstein didn't in. believe that. That's what they're Einstein to did not believe that, by the way. I just want to put that out there for all of the atheists and the Christians who both want to try to grab him. Yep. The theists and the atheists. Yep. He was a pandeist, just like Tesla, just like just like Plato, just like Da Vinci, just like all the greatest minds of our past, Thomas Jefferson. We'll get into that later. And I and I hate to kind of you know give spoiler alerts, but this is just kind of what I received from it. Towards the end of the movie, she did in fact prove that there was no God in her world. Right. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. In her world. And so she did meet, uh, she met Plato, she met Einstein, she met Mark Twain. Oh, yeah, the man. She met, like, all kinds of other random people at the, basically at the focal point of light to where the devil came through and said, thank you. Wow. Thank you for wow. doing what I could never do. Wow. And, and so he, he basically just, like, walks her through as he just unleashes hell and says, thank you. Wow! Damn. And so she like she's she proves it to the whole world. Does a whole presentation. Gets all everybody behind it. Science community is all clapping. And then she looks in this room full of, of empty people. These robots basically clapping for her as she accepts her award. And you can see that you can see the disgruntled look on her face. Yeah. She realizes. Yeah, you're with people who have no faith in anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't believe in anything. This is it. That's such a fucking powerful idea to Watch understand. That movie. I'm. I'm. You it's will, on you the will list. Like Top it, of the man. list. You will like it, bro. That is such a powerful idea to me. It's such an it's a big deal. Well, it's like that same Paul Harvey speech. If I were the devil, you know, no one like I think and and the reason. I think the reason why you know I look at this type of stuff is because it, there's there's something else there in humanity. There's something else there with our multidimensional uh, nature. Yes, something is here, and in, and it talks about this even in the Bible too. I forget. I think it's Job chapter six. I forget which verse, but it says Satan was going to and fro, up and within the earth. Something has the devil's attention so busy that he's over here working all over. So what is that? Why is why is something? coexisting amongst us that we have no understanding of that is used that is using us mm -hmm. and so we keep coming back to this is it a 
is it an entity? Is it an energy? Is it, it what is it? Is it, a, is it a principality? What is it? I don't know what it is. That's an excellent question. I've never but really I, heard it put that way. But I know there's something else there, mm -hmm. you see, and that it does have an influence on us and that there are uh, uh, different intensities as to how we're being interacted with. Yeah. Yes. I totally agree with that. No, that makes See. perfect sense. I, 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 you're, you're raising questions in my mind, me personally, just being raised Southern Baptist. Um, right here. Same here. Uh, I was raised that if you were good, you went to heaven. If you were bad, you were punished by the devil after you died. And there's, makes you perfect know, sense. That's, that, it was used to me as a scare tactic is what I figured out. And as I grew in my spirituality and my own journey later in life, um, after just completely going away from any sort of religious spiritual part of my life cut all of that out um and return to it just in the past few years and really you know through through my friends and my understanding now that that that's a big part of just being a human and, and you need that mm -hmm. um the devil has not been a part of that it's always just been about my spirituality and my my understanding of god and i i until you're having this conversation, I'm like, what is the devil in my perspective? Yeah. What does that even mean to me or to anybody else? You know. Well, this is what we were talking. Uh, sorry to interrupt. No, you. you're this fine. Is, this is what we were talking about before the show as well. Is just like we were we we're talking about Freemasons and Luciferianism and Satanism. We were talking about well, what does Luciferianism mean to you? Because to some people, Luciferianism means bringing the light, bringing the truth. So now we're getting into this whole like this this weird thing to where it's just like is searching for knowledge is that like a bad thing who has the knowledge what does this information do for you sure you see like if lucifer is indeed the light bringer as pro as, as put forth by freemasons that means that there is other there's other information and other light that can empower us yeah so what what is your definition of evil might be someone else's definition of good yeah the way the way i yeah golly man there's I just know. a billion different ways to take that conversation I know. you know what i mean to, to billion different rabbit holes that oh, we can sure. scatter down from sure. that but it's like go with the natural law yeah go the natural law to me is is pretty straightforward mm -hmm. you know and to me it's it's onward and upward toward the light yep you know what i mean well i want to i want to put it just real quick on wrap this. it up yeah because you know we always talk about uh people within the new age community they always tell you plur uh peace love unity respect there has to be I personally I believe that there has to be acknowledgement of those of those darker elements to know why you chose yeah those positive ones your faith your belief and a lot of these things have to be tested the same way when we're practicing these teachings and living a certain way you come up against adversity to see how you're gonna react your faith is the same way your belief is the same way it has to be tested positivity has to be tested good has to be challenged so that we can keep the evil in check yeah I believe that's where we're at now new agers will have you think oh all you have to do is think about positivity, peace, love, and light. It's like, yeah, I have those thoughts, but that means I, ha that's, I, I have those thoughts. That's why I have to keep the demons at bay. That's yeah. why I have mm -hmm. to keep them in check mm -hmm. because they know how to infiltrate what you think of as happiness. That's what's called ecstasy. That's what's called MDMA. Yeah. Ketamine. They can infiltrate what you think of as happiness if you do not control your thoughts. Carl Jung and his work on the shadow, you know, is something that I had no idea about when I started doing shadow work. You know, and that was basically just realizing that Satan lives inside of me. Okay. And realizing that I'm capable, you know, of being a prison guard at Auschwitz. You're wicked as the day is long. Yeah. You have to be. It's in us. There's a 311s, like one of my favorite bands growing up. Mm -hmm. And they had this song. We talked earlier about how the music was like 
when you're young, you didn't know much. You loved a song, you didn't know why. And then all of a sudden you go through a spiritual awakening uh, and you start revisiting old music that you listen to and you're like, holy shit, no wonder. No wonder I liked it. It was it was embedding itself in me and my subconscious even though I didn't know what it meant. Yep. You know, And one of the things that they, God, they sing about so much stuff, but it was like the devil he's in me and God she is too. My yin hates my yang. What the hell are you going to do? And it was like, that's uh, pretty much how it is. I mean, you're... Your ego is what worries about keeping your body functioning. Mm -hmm. There's a book called Return of the Bird Tribes that I think everybody should check out if you're open-minded to the exceptionally woo-woo. <laughs> hey. It's a channeled it's a channeled work um, by a channeled book um, by this uh, by this lady I think who channels these um, these avian beings okay. and uh, talks a, talks about how the the avians the bird tribes have been here for. Uh, millions of years and how they've always been interacting with us at a different level. It's not, I don't think it's exactly the same thing as the blue avian thing from like the David Wilcock, Corey Good story. It's not that. Mm -hmm. It's more like, hey, look at the Indian totem, totem poles. Look at the Egyptian gods. The bird, the bird gods have always been around. And, you know, we've all, we love you. We've always been trying to interact with you, whatever. And um, uh, one of the things that, fuck, where was I going with that? What were we saying? Uh, shadow shadow work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the uh, oh yeah, yeah the, sh the shadow work is is that they they talk about in that book how the ego was created because in that that Return of the Bird Bird Tribes book they're talking about the creation of the human being and right. that particular part of the story I found fucking fascinating because they had created the ego. Yeah, they they created the ego to keep the body together and keep it in order to keep it fed to keep it breathing to keep it. In its in its functional survival estate, which if you look at what the reptilian brain is, survival. It's fucking exactly what the reptilian brain is. That is the seat of the ego is in the reptilian brain. It's the breathing, the eating, the fucking the it's. And then you look at what what in Eastern mysticism, what is what is the 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 root chakra? Survival, breathing, you know, safety. It's 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 existence. That's what it is. Then you look at how that corresponds to the planetary systems, you know. Yes. And Saturn is your is your root chakra, you know. And so to me, it's, it's lots of different ways to look at it, but the ego is Satan. That's what it is. It's okay. the lowest. It's the lowest of ourselves. It's the one that's only concerned with ourselves and me, because if I have to push JC off a cliff because we only have one sandwich left to eat. Yeah. My ego. That's is, my sandwich. You no, know, my sandwich, bitch. It's my sandwich. This is your cliff. eyeballing my sandwich. <laughs> See you there, eyeballing my whiskey. You want a whiskey, EJ? Yeah, let's do it. Um, we are we are going to be drinking whiskey on air. This is, I think every every podcast that we've had so far, we've 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 had a little dash of this whiskey. And um, and what were you saying about this? This is so yeah. So 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 Kevin works with us, and he's Taiwanese. And he knows that I like scotch. So this stuff won the World Whiskey Championship like three years. This is the Cavalan Solist Sherry Cask Cask Strength Single Malt Whiskey. And uh, if you can see that on the, on the camera there. Single Malt. This is the Single Malt Cavalan. Look at that. 
That is uh, that is good stuff. And this is cask strength, so you know they when they pour this stuff out of the cask, it goes straight into the bottle. And here in the states, it they water it down to like forty percent usually, mm-hmm. or at least into the forties. So this stuff's fifty-seven percent alcohol. So this is uh, this 57%. is fifty-seven percent. Yeah, this is hundred and twenty proof. Um, All right, well, I'm so, in Texas. Well, but it, it, here's the deal: the reality is you can't appreciate scotch if you drink it like above forty percent alcohol. So you got to water it down. Okay. Sip some of that ice. Do you have some water in there? Sip that water out of there. There you go. Nice and tasty. Sipped. All right, so I'll do this and I'll add some water for you. The pouring is smell, happening. Smell that. It's shaking. It's strong. You guys can't smell this, but <laughs> I'm smelling it near the mic, and I'm trying to give it to you guys. <laughs> it, it's it's melting the foam on the microphone right now. <laughs> Straight lit. This is wow. <laughs> wow. So if you guys hear some slurring, uh, it's because I didn't drink enough. Oh yeah, babe. Yep. That's that right there. Hold on, let me let me pour some. JC, do you want? Um, I'll need to grab a glass. Go go, let, go get a glass. Alrighty. You need to do have it, some. JC. We're having we're having a gentleman's conversation. Yeah. Shit gets real when we pull out the cabalan. Bro, I swear, I'll go ranting for hours. We start going with the whiskey. Well, I start talking about America and freedom and <laughs> blah blah blah. Ammo blah, and blah. printer ink. Ammo and printer ink. Rebellion, revolution. The uh, the reptile brain is in the middle of our brain. It's what it's what handles all the lower functions of human activity. And if you study Eastern mysticism, you realize it is the root chakra. The reptile brain is is the root chakra. Then you study Gnosticism, and you realize it's the ego. And you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And then you, you study you measure that with with uh, mythology, and you realize that it's it's Satan, it's Saturn, it's Set, it's Kronos, it's these things. Everything is everything. You yes. know what I mean? It, all the sim, all the symbolism of the different mythologies and astrology and and astrotheology. It's all it's all the same thing. Yep, just you, different interpretations. It's different interpretations. Uh, different flavors. So many stories and so many flavors. Well, this is what we were talking about before the show as well. Is how you know? Thank you, sir. Hey, cheers. How how they call it demonic? Everything hey, everything we're looking. Welcome at. to Texas. Hey, motherfucker. Thank you. Everything's bigger in Texas. Even my buzz. That'll do it. That's going to do it. (laughs) Get another sip of that. Yeah, man. Um, It's like turpentine aged in a cigar. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) We're we're doing it. Yeah. We're doing it. So, yeah, people, people think it's demonic. They do to think about this stuff. Well, they, they I, th- I think it's because, as we were talking about before, it kind of has these connotations to where it's dangerous or it's strange, it's new, it's foreign. It can't be controlled. What can't, can't be? Your growth, or your your veracity towards wanting to learn. Yeah. Your thirst towards knowledge. That's like saying that driving a car is dangerous and you shouldn't do it because yeah. it can kill you because yeah. it can get out of control and you don't know who else is on the road and you know. It's all about the intention. It's all, yeah. How it, you use how you use the weapon. Yeah. And how, how how good of a driver are you? Yep. You know what? Because I'm I'm capable of doing things spiritually and mentally that I was not capable of doing a few years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just because yeah. I'm able to drive and do things maybe now that I couldn't a few years ago. Well, what, one of the things that we were talking about, you know, is just like how to implement these practices. 
you know, how to do, how to, how to, how to create like a life that has like a flow state, how to get into like a mindset to where you're able to identify what's beneficial, what's negative, uh, where you need to improve and different things like that. Okay. If you don't, and I was saying this before, if you don't have the knowledge or the information, how can you start making those corrective actions? That limits your potentiality, that limits your ability to work magic here in this world because you do not know. You are literally incapable of comprehending uh, 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 higher higher moves, higher abilities, uh, uh, higher states of awareness to, imp- to, 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 to integrate, like I said, that, that change that needs to happen here. You're unable to do that if you're focused on things like where you're going to eat, where you're going to sleep. Yeah. If you care about very basic stuff, getting back to that reptilian mindset. Oh, yeah. Everything that we're discussing here is stuff that's meant to liberate you from living in that basic box of just surviving and just getting by. I, this I, is why they consider knowledge of this kind demonic. I believe 100% that, that you're right. Uh, uh, last conversation we had on the podcast, one of the things we touched on briefly was um, Adam had mentioned having anxiety and real, it was like a warning sign. You know, I, I'm having anxiety. I've got to change something. I think there is uh, uh, something to be said at the start of this for anybody who's listening is like, well, how do I start to, to become more aware? I know for me personally, it's recognizing my own emotions. Yes. Oh, gosh, I'm really sad. Well, what's causing that? Why am I sad? Is it okay to be sad? Am I making myself sad? Am I not doing what I need to do and therefore I am sad? But it all roots back to you and the more introspective you can get and sit in those motions, especially the hard ones to sit mm-hmm. in, um, then you can start Instead to of take, drinking your way out of it? You can start to take control of those things, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, from there, all of a sudden, you have this new superpower. You know, now, now you're self-aware yeah. of your own reactions and we all react with emotions at a core level everybody does to a certain extent triggered yeah so once once you start to figure out those then it expands then it goes out then you can start to take control and you literally can start to change your environment change your universe you can start to understand things that are going to happen before they happen and how you're going to react to them so before you react that way you already have a plan you're moving in that flow state i had a i had on christy scarborough and her attorney T. Matthew Phillips, uh, whenever they were launching a, a lawsuit against Facebook, uh, and I don't know how we got onto it talking about there, but I remember talking to her specifically about how freedom to me is discipline. Like freedom to okay. me is being able to master yourself and saying, no, I will not allow to feel this. I will not allow myself to feel that. You know what? I'm just going to go because I'm content. Mm-hmm. Freedom to me is, 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 is discipline, mastery of self, self-awareness, and so much more. It's very Buddhist of you. I just I looked at I looked at Buddhism uh, a few times and Taoism, but it's because I feel like that's that's we don't have we can't be free if we're if we're a slave to our emotions. Yeah, if we're a slave to our emotions, if we're upset by what somebody down the street said, you know, forever ago, or if somebody's looking at you sideways because you didn't, you know, X Y Z. Examine your zipper. Mm-hmm. You yeah. see what I'm saying? You can't be free if you're letting everything else dictate who you are. Yeah, you have to figure out who you are, and the only way you can do that is by doing that inner work, is by taking the steps to look inside yourself, realize, hey, I got to work on these things. I get, a, I, get a little, I get a little heated about these. Well, let me throw you back to a conversation we were having earlier before we got on, on air. What's up? About how um, having a spiritual belief system that, that, that entreats you to look within, that, in, that, that calls to you to do inner work, to learn who you are, and to live as your truest, most authentic self, 
that is called demonic by so many people. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, if you were a big, massive religion that wanted to keep people from finding truth and from living in it and being happy, the easiest and most obvious thing to do is to demonize truth. It's to demonize truth and demonize looking within. I, I literally, like, so there's this problem with the New Age thing because the New Age movement comes with its flaws. I think chief among them is what you just said. Uh, focus only on the positive. Love, light, and happiness and joy. And if I have my whole life's falling apart, just turn a blind eye to it and say it's going to be okay. That's dangerous. It's fucking crazy dangerous, yeah. and a lot of people do it. Um, that's a big problem. But I also see a lot of people, uh, your buddy we were talking about earlier, who, <laughs> you know, who goes after the New Age guys because he's like, oh, this is demonic, this looking within, finding truth in yourself. You know, it's like people need God to ascend. I don't know if he's ever said that, but like people, you know, you gotta have God. And it's, it's like, I see these religious people on my page and other people's pages and they're like, you can't find the truth on your own. You can't survive on your own. You are a lowly, your righteousness is as dirty rags to him. And it's like, you start to see just how evil and fucked up this, this monotheistic yep. death cult is. It's like, you literally tell another human being, I just imagine sitting my eight year old down and being like, hey buddy, listen. You are filthy. You are worthless. You ain't crap without you, God. You are you are nothing without the Most High, who loves you. But if you don't accept it, he'll send you to hell. Yeah, just scramble and, his brain. Why don't you? Yeah, just it scrambled my brain when I was a kid. Yeah, uh, yeah. definitely. JC, how did you handle that? I, yeah, no, I struggled with it. it made for no the fucking time. sense. No. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden one day you wake up and realize it just doesn't work quite that way. Like it's not that. And then you realize the next level beyond that is, um, you know, if you have a truly beautiful mystical experience um it, it, i i doubt it ever I, i've never met anyone who got that experience from someone else yep it came from it looking internally having an internal experience and then once you have one of those and you realize that this is what the church tries to demonize and and, and this whole looking within thing and 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 with this you and i talked about thankfulness earlier jc you and i've talked about thankfulness i mean just endlessly mm-hmm. right um, something we talk about a lot. Like, it's not like looking within takes God out of the equation. It's not like looking within uh, uh, makes your ego huge. It's not like looking within, you know, jacks you up on your own awesomeness. It's like, dude, those blissful, ecstatic experiences, when you go to look within, you go, holy shit, I am the product of some really awesome yeah. thing that happened, and I'm here yeah. because I, and I through through no work of my own, I was born. I was one of a trillion sperm that made the fucking trip. Victory number one. <laughs> Atta boy. Atta boy. I had, but I had nothing to fucking do with that that I'm aware of. So where's the ego coming in? Your tail there? wasn't swimming twice as hard. Surely, I don't know. I don't have the pictures anymore. <laughs> you know. I lost the trophy in the last move. Yeah, remind <laughs> me to tell you about the time that JC lost the fucking best video ever. Oh goodness. Um, but anyway, you know, it's like when you really do the inner work. There's no ego that comes out of that. It actually dissolves the ego because that's when you realize I didn't do a fucking thing to get here. I didn't really do anything to be born. I didn't do anything to select my parents. I didn't do anything to pick my elementary school. I didn't do anything to pick my middle school or my high school probably. And by the time I got out of all of that chaos, you know, I might have had a 
a good time or a bad time or a hard time or an easy time or whatever. Everybody's got their own story after high school. But like up until 18 years old, you have fucking zero control over your life, really. You're a product purely of your environment and your genetics. Very true. You know what I mean? So good, bad, or indifferent, you got to at least give thanks for the fact that you got two eyes, a nose, a face, two legs, and your health. Absolutely. And food, that you survived at 18 years old and didn't starve to death or die of AIDS that you caught from your mom in vitro when you were born, like a lot of people do. There's a billion things to just dwell on that are awesome that you should be thankful for every single day. And if you live a righteous and upright life, um, you know, for, for me, it's sort of in the, in the, the Gnostic, Buddhist, Hinduistic, shamanic, whatever, you know, this big cocktail of, of uh, theologies that I've, you know, piecemealed together. But it's like, I'm pretty fucking demonic in a lot of people's minds. Yeah. And all I think about is love and understanding and trying to, be a force for good in the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to bridge the thoughts real quick. You know, JC was talking about being raised Southern Baptist. You know, we're talking about appreciation and gratuity. Uh, you know, that's, I, I even even to this day, I don't think like what I do is like big. I, 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 I'm just doing it. Yeah. I don't, I don't have that like, I think it's boasting whenever I do that. And so like, that's something I have to work on internally. It's like, no, you're not boasting. You're taking uh, account of your own achievements. And at the at another level, it's not even your own achievements. It's what you're stepping in to want. Yeah. Like I'm not for a, a perfect example is like I don't do anything. I just aggregate all these other amazing people's work. Yeah. I'm being acknowledged for being an aggregator when it's all these other amazing people who are doing all this other stuff. It's like no, you still have to give yourself credit for being a part of that piece of the system that's doing it. Yeah, I think you giving do. thanks. You for, yeah, giving thanks for the role that you've been given. But that's still something that personally, like I have, to, I have, like I can say it to you. Sure, right now, but I have to like internalize it because I have like a very hard time uh, accepting my accolades. Dude, it's a battle. It's a battle we all face, right? I compliment JC on something. Happens all the time, right? Whether it's a meal that he fucking cooks that blows everybody's hair off. Nice. You know, or a song that he does or whatever that makes me cry like a little girl. It's like I tell him how good it is, and it's like he's like, oh, oh, fuck. You know, he shuts down. Yeah. I went and saw my buddy Jeff Sullivan up in Connecticut this weekend and, you know, was complimenting him on some some work that he was doing. And he just he just hangs his head, and he's yeah. like, oh, thank, thank you, thank you. You know, but he can't look you in the eye. And we, yeah. we talked about that, you know. And Jeff wouldn't mind me bringing that up because – he struggles with that. We all struggle with how do we take compliments? I think a good man should have a problem receiving, you know, if you're a good man who does a great thing should have a problem receiving that compliment for it. I believe so. You know what I mean? To an extent. To an extent. You should be respectful to the complimentor. Yeah. But yes. it is okay with being humble enough or understanding enough to, to kind of, to kind of cringe at that. Now I just did a thing. Yeah, it was, I, that's basically I, I, what it is. It's like I just did a thing, and like people like it. Crap. You know, <laughs> like I think here here's where I learned this from a guy that I was in a band with. I was in a Christian band with this guy when I was young. JC knows him, and um, he's somebody that we people used to go, dude, you can write music, you can sing, you can play guitar, you're unreal. And he would not cringe, he wouldn't blink. He would go, man, that's so awesome. Thank you so much. Glory to God. It's yeah. just God. Glory be to and God. He just didn't blink. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the fucking thing. That's the thing. And that's why I just keep going back to like what I told you at lunch, DJ. It was like, I just, it used to seem cheesy to me when I was in church for people to do that, to kind of deflect like, oh, glory to God. And I thought it was kind of self-serving, but man, it's the, I think it's the most appropriate way to handle things. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's not, it's not like I tell people. It's Especially not if in that moment you actually go into your brain and redirect that compliment to God, energy, source, nature, whatever the it hardest, is, the universe. that have like followed me since day one. Like I'll, I'll tell people this to this day, prior to even getting involved in everything that I'm doing, I would be, I would be talking, and it felt like something would come over me, and I would just ah, let let wisdom and truth come out, and then it would be done. And then that that was it. It would just it would just shut down. To this day, I could not figure out what that was. Yep. And that's why, like, I whenever people say, "Hey, thank you for doing this," it's like it's not me. Like it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's something greater, and it's wor- And I'm the vessel. I'm a. I'm being allowed to be the vessel for this work to come through. Whatever the word, whatever words are being said, some of these are my own, but a lot of this is being worked through me. Yeah. And I'm just allowing it to do so. And yeah, so yeah. I think that's a part of the other reason as to why I don't feel like I should take credit because it's something bigger than me that's doing this and I'm just being the, the puppet allowing it to work through Instagram, work through right. the voice and work through everything So you else. can maintain, what I would say about that is you can maintain humility in that situation the way that you do. Mm-hmm. Just maintain humility by acknowledging that it ain't you. Yeah. Right? You can maintain humility. But the next level beyond humility is gratefulness. And it's like... Yes. In that moment, you acknowledge that it didn't come from you. So uh, that song I played for you earlier that I wrote, you know, that 90s punk rock type song. It was nice. Right? You guys would like it. Uh, you guys would like it. But um, if when you played Tony Hawk's Underground, you would like yeah, it. Yeah, it was probably belonged on that soundtrack. He was like, <laughs> it sounds like someone here on Tony Hawk. Yeah, I was dude, like, damn, dude, I'll, I'll oh, yeah. take that. Yeah, I'll totally take that. <laughs> um, when I wrote that, JC, Ashley, my people around me, they were like, damn, man, that's a really good song. And Ashley, especially because she loves me and she's my biggest fan, she was like, babe, that's fucking amazing. It's amazing. And I went, dude, 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 I had nothing to do with it. It wasn't me. I just, or I have very little to do with it. It just kind of, it just came through me and I I just let it come through me and I let it do its thing. So that was my humility and she thought I was being overly humble. But it was through that process of acknowledging that blessing that that song was to me, that I went, oh my God. And I do, I remember this day, um, standing in the shower after that realization, after that song came on, and all of a sudden just collapsing into tears in, of thankfulness. Because I went, oh my God. Oh my God, oh my God. This Not only did I not have anything to do with this thing, but like, it's a great thing that I was able to channel and to do yes. that was not of my own doing. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was just... I don't know. That was going from just acknowledging that thing to giving thanks to that thing. And I just remember putting my head in my hands and just thanking God, the universe, nature, source, the great spirit, what the grand architect of the universe, whatever you want to call it, and just giving thanks. And it was that time for the first time in my life, like a year and a half, two years ago, that I went, that's what it means to be thankful. Holy shit. So on that note, we're going to take a break. Let's do it. So, you guys, uh, thanks for sticking with us. We're going to, I don't know, probably go pee and have another beer or something like that. Take a breath. Walk around. Let's do it. We love you guys. We'll see you back here in a minute. Peace. Later. Later.